Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Welcome everyone to a new episode. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and listening, whether you're folding clothes, making dinner, perhaps in the car, driving your kids to more activities. Thanks so much for taking some time to listen. I want to use this episode as a bit of a follow-up to the last episode where I talked about finding your homeschool tribe or your homeschool community. I've been homeschooling for almost 15 years now in three different states, and I've seen a pretty broad variety of homeschool groups and homeschool communities. And today I just wanted to share, in general, the four main groups that I've encountered over the many years. Now, obviously, there are many different types of dynamics in mom groups, and it just depends on the people involved. But in general, I feel like there are pretty standard groups. And I'm sharing this not only as an awareness issue for those that are looking for groups, but also for those that have established groups to maybe look at your group and see if you might very generally fall into one of these categories so that you're aware when somebody asks you what kind of group you have. Now, first off, I'm going to call the I'm all in group. And most of the conversation involves homeschooling and curriculum and sharing experiences of what they found, what they've used, what's worked for them, what's not. These groups generally tend to have moms of younger kids as they try to find their way along the homeschool path. They tend to be working their way through the different styles of homeschooling, perhaps, to see what works best for them. It's kind of an experimental time for many of these folks. And they're just trying to figure things out. These groups can be very valuable, but also very overwhelming for new people because everything discussed sounds like something that may be perfect for you and you might doubt what you're already using. And then curriculum hopping starts to happen and you jump from thing to thing without a lot of consistency because the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, as we all know. And it can be really hard to resist trying out these new things that other people are talking about. These groups can also kind of be scary for people because their heads start to spin. Like there's just so much information being thrown around. Some people are more experienced. Some people are not. And so there's just a lot of different education talk going on, which can be valuable, but like I said, it can also be overwhelming. And so sometimes these groups can be stressful for people just because they're not quite sure how to navigate them. And over time, when you're really comfortable with what you're doing, with with what style you have or what curriculum that you're using or no curriculum, if you're an unschooler, then these groups can basically fulfill their need and they may not work for you anymore. The next kind of group is more of a niche group. These are usually focused on one style of homeschooling, such as Charlotte Mason or Waldorf or classical. Obviously, these groups are discussing this specific style of education. And even though within those styles, there's always some variance, um, relaxed style versus something that's more hardcore, 
And that's just something to be aware of. You may be really all in with a certain style of Waldorf and you join a group and those people are doing Waldorf light. That's what I'm calling it. And they are, they are not necessarily subscribing to all the different um, strict Waldorf ideas. And there may be some tension with that. So that's, again, something to be aware of. But niche groups or niche groups are usually pretty focused on whatever the style is. And these can be really helpful. These can be really nice because people really can get a lot of insight from other people that are doing the same style and how they do it. And it might give them some great ideas on how to incorporate things into their day that they were struggling with. And these are also just really valuable because people tend to share curriculum or programs or resources for that different style. And that can be also very valuable, especially, for example, Waldorf or Montessori. Some of the resources used can be really expensive for some of the high quality materials. And so perhaps some people can share those or when they're finished, they will sell them at a discount to other members, things like that. The third group is more of the parenting focused group. These groups are all about the kids. Most of the discussion revolves around kids' activities, developmental issues. There's lots of conversations around sharing birth stories or breastfeeding or car seats and things like that. I'm going to say in general, these are usually the younger child parents, such as preschoolers and younger moms that are maybe just getting started, just kind of getting into this. They're starting to think about homeschooling, homeschooling preschool, that kind of thing. And I think part of these groups come from the issue of younger kids take up a lot of parent attention. Usually that is a parent's sole um, focus. And they may have multiple children too, an infant, a toddler, and a preschooler. And they are home a lot and they are really just enmeshed in their kids. So when they get a chance for adult conversation, it's kind of like word vomit. And I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm saying that as just a reality. Like they just want to share stuff with other adults that they just want to share stories, experiences, and they just want to be around other adults that can actually have a coherent conversation and not basically speaking baby talk. So I totally get this. And sometimes there's oversharing. I totally get that as well. I've been there. But if you're past this stage and you show up at one of these groups, you're probably going to feel like that's not the right fit for you. Now, I do think that these groups are really important. They really fill a need, fill a need for parents especially those that really don't have other outlets to share some of this information or share feelings or stories or whatever. They may not have a spouse that's home a lot. Maybe they're working a lot. Maybe they don't have family or friends around and they really just need a place to share. And people are so wrapped up with their kids. I totally understand that. And so these groups really, they can be important, but again, they can also be a little bit overwhelming when people are sharing all their stories and we all judge internally like we just we can't help it but some people may feel overwhelmed if everyone's talking about breastfeeding and they didn't breastfeed or 
they're all talking about sharing home birth stories and you had a hospital birth and, you know, things like that. That can just be a little bit of something to be aware of. It can be a little bit stressful sometimes. And even though this is supposed to be a homeschool group, inevitably the ones with really young kids, all those things are shared too. It's just part of it. So again, it's just another thing to be aware of. Now the fourth group or the last one I'm going to focus on are the adult focused groups. Now this is a group that usually has moms of older kids. They've passed through all the other group styles and they're ready just to have adults only combos. These conversations may be serious. They may revolve around adult issues such as marriage, sex, money, illness, all those kinds of adult kinds of issues that they really need an outlet to share with other adults. Now, these groups tend to be moms that are already have been together for a long time, so they don't mind sharing personal information. But this can be tough for a new person to join in if they don't know the other members because of the nature of the conversations. They can not only be personal, but they can be really crass. Maybe they can be a little strange. I have a group of friends that I love dearly, but they are really crazy, crass, strange. They share all kinds of inappropriate information and stories and they swear and things like that. Now, I'm used to that. I know them. It's perfectly fine. But a new person coming to the group that wouldn't know these people, they would probably be not only offended, but probably scared out of their minds. Like they'd be wondering what on earth is going on here. So it's something, again, to be aware of. Now, obviously, there are some adult-focused groups that are not going to be like that. They're just going to talk about a variety of issues. But again, it's just something to be aware of that some of these groups may not be comfortable at first, and you have to decide if you're willing to kind of hang out and see if you'll blend in, or perhaps you just think, "Mm, no, that's not going to work for me. And that's okay. Now, amongst all of these groups, all these four general styles, one thing you really need to remember is that some groups are going to be very child-centered and others are not. And what I mean by that is that some are going to have super attentive parents. Those are the parents that are watching over all the activities that their kids are doing on the playground. They're helping their kids on the playground. They're getting their food. They're setting things up. They're tying their shoes. They're, they're doing all those things. While other groups may be pretty opposite and allow their kids a lot more independence, kind of to be free range, take care of their own needs, not going to be focusing on the playground. They're going to be a little bit more separate. The kids are off playing. The moms and the parents are off in a circle talking amongst themselves. And they may even say, hey, no kids in our circle unless, you know, you're bleeding, that kind of thing. And those things can be happening in, you know, different different types of groups. And that's a really polarizing issue sometimes. We all have our judgments about both styles. And it's really tough to balance that sometimes in groups. And it's really tough to bring that awareness to everyone. So while I may let my child that is, you know, four or five years old climb way high on the jungle gym, and I may let them do that because I trust their abilities, I'm fine with them doing that, 
there may be another parent freaking out about that, like thinking that's dangerous. They wouldn't let their child do that. They're even like maybe getting up and going over there because I'm not going over there. And they're afraid the child's going to fall. I've seen this happen in groups many times. That can be really hard. And sometimes, I know this can be difficult, but sometimes people really need to make statements about where they are. They need to say, I'm fine with my child falling. I know that I can help them. I know that they will learn from their mistakes. I am comfortable with them doing whatever it is they're doing. You need to let them be. You need to let them go. And the other parent needs to acknowledge that. And on the flip side of that, when somebody's really hovering over the kids, basically that's their style. So you let them do that. None of the other parents may be doing that. Maybe that's just them. And so sometimes you just have to acknowledge that that's their style, but just make sure that they know that it's not okay for her to be doing that with your child. And again, these are sometimes some difficult things, but it's really important for the health of the group to sometimes have these conversations and to make some of those issues known. Now, there are certainly groups that are a blend of these things, and that's probably even the majority in general. Because there is no rigid type of model that works for that or that every group will fit into. It's more of just an awareness type thing and something to be prepared for as you might be looking to join a group. You can maybe just have general ideas of what these groups might encompass. And also for established groups, you might think about these general groups and see which one your group most closely resembles, if any of them. And just by being aware of the focus of your group, like which one it most likely resembles, it's good so that you can share when someone asks you about your group. If you have a lot of older moms of teens, it may not be the best group for someone that has a preschooler, and maybe you can refer them to another group. If you have someone that is really classical and your group is more unschooling, clearly there's going to be some disconnect there and it's something to share with them. Now they still may want to come just for their kids to have playtime, but then she needs to be aware that you're not going to be talking about classical curriculum. You're going to be talking about many other issues not revolving around education. So again, just some awareness tips, just some things to think about and I think knowledge is power. The more information you have going into some of these situations, the better prepared that you can be and the more comfortable you can be knowing all of that information. I hope you'll check me out over on Facebook at Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I have a poll up that has ideas for future podcasts that I'm curious to see what people would be interested in for future episodes. So please go check that out. I also want to make sure that you are checking out on Instagram at Latte Books to Read. It is getting time for fall and Halloween books, which I love to share. So I will be sharing many, many fall and Halloween books on my Instagram in late September and October. So that is all I have for today. I hope you have a great rest of your week. And until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.